If you are looking for even more help and guidance on your breakup, I have a few different options for you to take your healing to the next level. I have four different online courses depending on what stage of the breakup that you're in from beginning all the way into moving on after heartbreak, or you can bundle all of my courses together and use the code podcast to get $25 off my course bundle. I also have my 30 day no contact challenge to help hold you accountable in going no contact with your ex. And we have our free Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with other people going through breakups all over the world. To learn more about any of these resources, head to the show notes where you can learn more about my courses, take the quiz to figure out which course is best for you, or join the Facebook group. And don't forget to use the code PODCAST to get $25 off my course bundle. Welcome to the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast with your host, Breakup Bestie, aka me, Kendra. Breakups are hard, but you don't have to do it alone. Each week, I will be taking you through a different topic as it relates to breaking up, healing from heartbreak, growing in your single life, dating, and getting back into happier and healthier relationships. The goal of this show is to provide support, hope, tips, and to remind you that above all, this too shall pass. Welcome back to another solo episode of the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast, meaning it will just be me today. And today's topic is we're talking all about emotional unavailability. It's been something that I've been talking about a little bit more on my Instagram and I get so many questions. It's like one of those topics that whenever I post about it, I get a lot of DMs. I get a lot of requests to talk about it more and it's a pretty it's a pretty big topic, so I wanted to dedicate an entire episode to the topic of emotional unavailability. And obviously this This can look really different, but I will say the focus of this is going to be being on the other side of emotional unavailability, meaning that's what your ex was. They they couldn't be there for you. They couldn't commit or – and I'm going to talk through the different kinds. But if you are someone who struggles with being able to be emotionally available – I would still listen in on this podcast, but that's not what that is not what I'm going to be addressing today. To be honest, that's not necessarily a topic that I feel qualified addressing and that's likely something more to address with a therapist, counselor, something of that nature. So this is going to be for those of you whose ex was emotionally unavailable and that caused the relationship to end in one way or another. So let's first start off with what are the different types of emotional unavailability, meaning what are the characteristics, what are some of the signs, and I'm going to give you a really small sample of what it looks like, but I want to give you enough to give you an idea and for you to like be able to relate and identify I'm not going to list out every way someone can be emotionally unavailable because we would be here all day. The first thing is they wouldn't give you a title. They won't define the relationship. They say a lot of things like, let's just see where this goes. I don't want to rush. I don't want to rush into it. 
They'll make you feel like you're pressuring them if you continue to ask, what are we? So that's a big sign. They they don't want to take the relationship to the next level, which is kind of the same thing. They don't want to go from dating to boyfriend, girlfriend, or maybe you were with this person for a long period of time and they didn't want to get married. And I do want to say it's sometimes it's people's choice and they just don't want to get married. Some, But a lot of the time people don't want to get married because that level of commitment scares the crap out of them. The next thing is they don't want to spend time with your family and actually vice versa. They're, they'll put these uh, barriers in between the more intimate parts of their lives. So you likely didn't spend a ton of time with their parents. They didn't want they didn't go out of their way to spend time with with your parents and and even if they did, you could tell that they were like uncomfortable or one foot in one foot out. And that leads me to the next thing which even if you were with this person for a long period of time, it's almost like you feel like something is missing. Like they're not giving you their all. You know them 80%, 85%, but that last 15 to 20% is pretty glaring and it and it feels like not necessarily like they're hiding something, but it, it does. It feels like there's just something missing and they're just blocking you off from being able to get to know that part of you. They also probably don't want to plan things too far ahead, so you're likely not making plans for vacations. And again, this doesn't apply to all of them. These are just things that I've seen in the past as being as being a somewhat uh, expert on being on the other side of this topic. And then something that I see a lot is it seems like the relationship is going really well. And then when it comes to taking that next step, it happens a lot for whatever reason when you're about to move in with them or you're talking about moving in with them, they'll just cut cut and run. They'll just end the relationship. But this can be meeting parents, getting engaged. You never know. It's it's just whenever there's that next big step in the relationship, that's typically when people like this will will cut and run. Obviously, it is extreme extremely painful to be bo- broken up with in in this way. It can also cause us I'll, I mean, I'll speak from personal experience. What happened for me when that happened, and mind you, it happened three times, three different ways. What I kept going back to was, I'm just not enough. I, and it, it's interesting because it totally varied based on where I was at in my life. So, before I got sober, when my life was very chaotic and not – I was I was a mess, that happened. And in my mind, it was, I'm not put together enough. I'm not, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. And then as I progressed in my sobriety, it was, I'm not successful enough. I'm not skinny enough. I'm not funny enough. 
I'm not interesting enough. So depending on whatever I was most insecure with at the time, that's what I went to. And that's what I thought caused them to not want to commit to me. And here's the thing. You're going to hear a lot of mixed messages. And in fact, someone in my Facebook group was talking about this today. There are so many mixed messages on online. Either they're quotes or quick little videos or you'll see them on TikTok. But, you know, that famous one of if they wanted to, they would. And there is a lot of validity in in that statement. However, when someone when someone's emotionally unavailable i pers- i don't i just don't think that applies i still don't think you should be patient with them and give them a chance and try to wait for them to come around that's not what i think but i also don't agree with the fact 100% of the time that if someone says I don't want a relationship. I don't necessarily think it means that they don't want a relationship with you. And I know a lot of the like tough love accounts on social media will say that, and I just I just don't think I just don't think that's true. And I'll talk I'll talk a little bit later about what does it mean if an emotionally unavailable ex gets into a relationship or gets married or or one of those things. So I'll talk about that later. But I want to first talk about what it does not mean if someone is emotionally unavailable. And again, my experience, my opinion, it does not mean that it's your fault. It doesn't mean – and I think a lot of the time we think it's our fault because a lot of these breakups stem from a conversation that was sparked. So – You know, for me, one of mine was sparked with, oh, am I going to so-and-so's wedding in a couple months? That was the conversation that that started it. So it could be, what are we? Uh, Where are you at? Like just – it, a lot of the time they'll they'll end it based on these conversations. So it's easy for you to believe that if only you had not had that conversation, you know, for me, if only I had not brought up that freaking wedding, then the breakup wouldn't happen. But what I came to realize and what you'll come to realize is it doesn't matter the conversation. That breakup, if a breakup's going to happen, it's going to happen. So it's nothing that you did specifically. And just as I was talking about how I always thought it means that I was not enough, uh, it doesn't mean that if only you were blank, they would want to commit to you. It's not a matter of beauty, smart, success, uh, humor. It's it's just a matter of a person scared. And and I remember, I remember having the conversation with my with my ex as he was breaking up with me, and he literally said, he said it would not matter if I was, you know, with the. Uh, Super bottle mixed with a multi cajillionaire mixed with like a tech executive, it wouldn't have mattered. I just cannot commit to a relationship. And that did provide me a little bit of peace. And so I like passing that message along too, because I think I think that's the case with most of these relationships. And then the last thing that it doesn't mean is it doesn't mean that if 
only you're patient enough and wait around long enough that they're going to change, change their mind, want to come back to you. So those are the things that it does not mean. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would you do if you had unlimited time and energy? As you're navigating your breakup, I know your energy can feel low and it can feel really difficult to complete everything you need to in a day. When you're emotionally exhausted, it's especially important to be really clear on what your priorities are and where your energy should be invested. Therapy has helped me in the past figuring out where I should be putting my energy, whether that's career, friendships, relationships, events, which in turn has helped lower my anxiety because I don't always have to feel stretched thin or behind. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash heartbreak today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash heartbreak. Are you looking for a guilt-free way to unwind? Between balancing your breakup, work, and just functioning in your day-to-day life, I know you are under a lot of stress. Breakups mess with your nervous system, cause obsessive thoughts, and make it so hard to just sit with yourself. This is why it's so important to have rituals that allow you to treat yourself in a healthy way. And this is why I love Recess Mood, a sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like stress-balancing adaptogens and mood-lifting magnesium. Life has been very full and stressful for me lately, and as someone who hasn't had alcohol in 11 years, I need something that helps me relax and that can bring me a moment of peace. Lately, my favorite way to do that is sitting on the couch after I put my kids to bed and having either the strawberry rose or the lime recess mood. They not only make me feel good, but they also taste incredible too. So whether you're looking for a healthier alternative to alcohol or a way to make you feel more balanced, you deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash heartbreak and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Another common question that I get, and I want to be really careful when I answer this just because... I'm I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I don't specialize in childhood stuff. However, a lot of the time, from what I have seen, what causes emotional unavailability tends to be attachment issues. And if you don't know about attachment theory and the different attachment styles, you can go back and listen to my episode with Maya Diamond where I ask her all about that. It can be caused from childhood, childhood trauma, childhood where, you know, they didn't have great relationships with their parents. It can be where they were never modeled like a healthy relationship. So they have it in their mind that healthy relationships don't exist. And it can also be from past relationship hurts. They could have been really hurt in the past and they decided that it would be easier to put up a wall rather than heal from from the trauma. So 
that's typically what causes it. And then the follow-up question to that is, can they change? And I'd say the the difference between, you know, this episode versus the one with Dr. Jamie Zuckerman, where we talk about narcissism and where most experts believe narcissists cannot change, I do believe people with emotional unavailability issues can 100% change. However, the change is not just a simple snap your fingers, change your mind kind of a thing. It requires healing whatever caused it in the first place. So if it's from past relationship hurts, then, you know, they got to go back and and address that. Uh, A lot of this work would need to take place with a therapist or a counselor. They have to first be able to see this as an issue that they want to fix. It's not just going to magically fix itself. They have to be able to see it. They have to be able to be willing to work on it. And the work is not not the most fun thing. So a lot of things need to take place before they can change. And what I will say is from what I have seen, typically people will not do this work while they're still in, in some kind of a relationship. Typically they need to be alone in order to break that fear of commitment, break that fear of emotional intimacy, whatever fear they need to work through. Typically, they need to do it on their own. And I will, I I can promise you that if you wait around and just are hoping that they'll go to therapy or they'll do all this work and come back, it's not good for either person because – the one person's going to feel the pressure, the other person's going to feel the disappointment, there's expectations, and it just gets really messy. So my main message is, yes, people can change, but do not wait around. So the next point that I want to bring up, and you'll you'll probably, some of you will probably disagree with me and that's okay, but one, what I suspect is because this is what happened to me is I suspect that someday you will see them breaking up with you as a really big blessing because when I got broken up with where his words literally were, in five years, you're going to ask me where the ring is and I'm not going to be able to give it to you. So we need to break up. And as sad as I was about that and as mad as I was at the situation, it was hard. It it was – I couldn't argue with it. It's like I can't argue with that. That's someone's truth. And I'm – I'd so much rather someone tell me that rather than – me waiting those five years because I could see that happening. And then I do ask, where's the ring? And they say, I can't give it to you. So by them ending it, I do think, and this is, you know, I I always want to be really careful when I'm like defending the person that broke my listeners' hearts. 
But what I will say is I do think it's an attempt to protect you. I think it's an attempt of them trying to cause the least amount of collateral damage in in the whole process. And do people do it perfectly? Absolutely not. But just know that that's probably something that you'll be able to, to see at some point. I obviously want to get into how to heal from emotional unavailability. So, and again, there's there's some specific things here, but for like for the most part, any of my courses, all my other podcast episodes, all this stuff is going to help. So it's not like you need to go down a super particular track of your healing. It's just these are a few things to keep in mind. The first thing is keep reminding yourself that it doesn't have anything to do with you. It's not your fault. It's not anything you did. Stop replaying all the conversations and figuring, trying to figure out where it went wrong. This is their issue. And it's a, it's a deep down core issue. It is a hurt. It's a scar. Whatever it is, it is, it is theirs. It is not yours. It was never your responsibility to fix. I know sometimes we can get into relationships like this kind of knowing that this is the case and just thinking that we're special and we are going to be the ones that change it. So it was never your responsibility to fix them. It's not your responsibility to change how they feel about commitment. This is just how they feel about commitment. The next thing is remembering that you didn't pressure them or scare them off. And I talked about this earlier, but just keep reminding yourself like that conversation that you had that maybe led to the breakup, that's not why the breakup happened. The breakup happened because you had one person who wanted to commit and another person who was incapable of doing it. And that's the bottom line. The next thing is to remind yourself that you deserve better. This is not to say that your last relationship wasn't good, minus the emotional unavailability, but I used to really convince myself that I could live with breadcrumbs. I, at one point, convinced myself that maybe I could live without marriage, and that's something that I always wanted. So just remind yourself that you deserve the entire loaf of bread. You deserve a lot more than the crumbs, and I think that will help you not continue to go back because I instead want you to focus on what you really want. Picture that full loaf of bread. What does that look like? Was your ex able to give that to you? No. But just remember that you you deserve that whole thing. You deserve the whole shebang. The next thing is a lot of the time people who are emotionally unavailable, they they do want to be friends and they will often propose that. The reason they they want to be friends is because they are like they still have feelings for you. They still want you in their life. So essentially what they want is they want the companionship, they want the support, They want their friend, but they don't want any emotional commitment. They don't want any emotional labor. They just want to be able to have you when they want to have you. So I would highly, highly recommend to not let them have all of that because – not because you're trying to make a stand or anything, but just because you need to protect yourself in that scenario. And then the last thing is – and again, this is not to – This is not to blame, 
But I also encourage people to turn inward and ask yourself, are there any beliefs or behaviors that you have made that has made it more likely for you to end up with someone who is emotionally unavailable? And I'll give you two examples. For me, I had a really hard time speaking up for myself. I, to this day, I've done a lot of work on it, but to this day, I hate having confrontational conversations. I, it's very uncomfortable for me to ask for what I need. So typically, I mean, a great example of this is if I'm at a nail salon and I don't like what they're doing. I've gotten better, but a lot of the time, most of the time in the past, I would just like let them continue and I wouldn't say anything and then I'd be pissed after. So because I had a hard time doing that, I would just let things slide. So in my mind, I would kind of know that we were not on the same page, but I wouldn't bring it up because I didn't, it was, that was too scary of a conversation. So I would just let things slide. So it was like, it worked out perfect because they never had to get called out And I just, you know, did my thing and that's a lot of the time how I ended up like that. The second example for me came down to beliefs and having lower self-esteem, not being – not believing that I was not worthy of being fully committed to. So that also attracted those kind of people into my life. So just paying attention to are there any tendencies that you have that would cause these kind of things to happen? Self-esteem is a big belief that can tie back to that, but just something to to journal on and and just to take a look at. You can even like ask your friends what what they think. I think they can provide some great feedback in that scenario. Okay. And to close out the episode, the biggest question I get is, what if my ex broke up with me because they could not commit? And then I find out that they are in a new relationship. So two two answers here. The first one is if a significant amount of time has passed, then they could have done all the work and have healed that part of them and ended up in a new relationship. That still does not mean that you did anything wrong. It just means that when people break up, they grow. And most of the time, they grow in different directions. And even if both people healed whatever parts of them that caused the breakup, that does not mean that they're supposed to end up back together. Typically, they grow and they grow apart. So if it's been a significant amount of time, They've done the work. That's what happens. Second thing, and I think this is what I get asked more more frequently, what if it has not been a long period of time? What if they jump – in fact, what if they jump right in to a new relationship and they're able to commit to them? This is the way I see it. Different people require different emotional capacities. Some people require a lot more or a lot less of deep emotional conversations, just energy, communication in general. So some people require a lot less in relationships, 
whether that's they don't express what they need or some people are just really low maintenance in relationships. And some people are higher maintenance and high maintenance doesn't mean bad. It just means, you know, for me, I require a lot of communication with my husband. I I enjoy so much our end of day talks where we can sit down and talk about our day and I can talk about what's going on with me. And some people don't. Some people are happy with their partner coming home and just turning on the TV and not having to talk at all. So typically what I find is that when someone is emotionally unavailable and they break up and then they find someone new, typically it's because they found someone who didn't push past their emotional capacity boundary, meaning they're still in like the safe zone. And so it doesn't require any scary commitment or emotional labor on their part. Does that mean it's a good relationship? I don't know. But that it I mean, what I would say is it means that you require more and that's okay. That's an awesome thing. Like you don't want to be the person that's like, oh, come be with me. I require nothing. I don't require anything. I just want a partner. That's not that's not how you want to be. So I tell people to take it as a compliment because it means that you need more out of a partner and that's a good thing. So that's how I like to explain it and it tends to make people feel better. So I hope it did the same thing for you. And I hope this answered your questions on emotional unavailability and I will see you guys back here next week with another awesome guest. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you loved it, I hope you'll leave a review and share with your friends. If you're not already following me on Instagram, head to at your breakup bestie where I'm sharing new content almost every day. To join our Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with thousands of people from all over the world going through breakups, head to the link in the show notes. And don't forget to check out my online courses for more in-depth help through your healing journey. I always end these episodes the same way, reminding you to be nice to yourself, stay connected with loved ones, and the biggest reminder is that this too shall pass. I promise. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.